You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Hello and welcome to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral, with me, Steve Sidwell, and of course, Joe Cole. Uh, today we've got a special show because the Cheltenham buzz is a building and we have the perfect guest to straddle the wells of both football and horse racing. Joining us today is a striker that scored 235 goals in the career playing for the likes of Portsmouth, Coventry and Newcastle, after retiring and becoming a horse trainer with over 200 wins, spanning over 25 years. It's a special show, we needed a special guest, so we've got the mighty Mickey Quinn. Quinny, welcome to the show. Good to see you. How are you, okay, you alright? Yeah, yeah, fit and firing. Good, uh, a good trip down from Newmarket, I believe you come? Yeah, Newmarket, Suffolk, great till you get off the M11 and then it's a nightmare coming into yeah. London. Yeah. Uh, I remember from the radio days driving in, oh, do four mile in about three hours. <laughs> so uh, I'm here in one piece anyway. Good. Right, well, it's obviously it's a Cheltenham special today. We're going to come on to the racing in a bit. But first of all, let's go back to the, the playing days. Uh, started a derby, uh, moved to Wigan. Hated derby, by the way. I know, yeah. Yeah, it didn't start. Didn't, well, look, it started the old derby. baseball ground. Yes, yeah, yeah, it started yeah. derby. Didn't go too well. So you moved back home, didn't you? And you had spells at Wigan, Stockport, Oldham, scoring nearly a hundred goals as well for them three. Yeah, clubs um, likes of Wigan, it was home from home because yeah. uh, I decided by mutual consent to leave derby. Couldn't yeah. settle down there from a big family. Um, what was that? Mean? Not in size. I mean numerically. Was you, was you, was you an apprentice there at the time? 16, 17? Yeah, sixteen, seventeen, right. and um, just couldn't settle yeah. so uh, went back home dad gave me a good hiding yeah. <laughs> turn us back on you're turning your back on apprenticeship I said well you know I wasn't enjoying yeah. it so aside from Wigan we had about 10 scousers in the squad there and I've got to tell you story at the time um, they wanted to go from the fourth division right to, through the leagues mm. little Wigan so they had a board of directors Ken Bates Ken Bates so Bobby wow. Charlton and um we had Freddie Pye, who was ex-Stockport County. So they put yeah. a few quid in, and they got Laddie Lloyd, uh, who just finished playing as a player, sort of manager, and brought him in to get the team right the way through the divisions. It never quite worked out like yeah. that, but, uh, yeah, I was knocking in goals. Um, new contract, 17, 18, 250 quid a week. Oh, was made up. Days. Yeah, made up. And then I got a call from Freddie, who said um, we were on the verge of promotion, Stockport County is old club we're going to go out the football league mm. and made me go to Stockport I didn't want to go <laughs> yeah didn't want to go and he said get down there score some goals yeah. and, um, and keep them did. in the division yeah. so I had no choice I had to go down there but I got 39 goals 63 appearances and first of my three golden boots um, was, you, was you goals was goal scoring just always natural was you always a, a striker no I, I played in midfield for the school yeah. Like attacking midfielder. Yeah. And then the goal scoring, I played uh, Sunday League football, my junior team, striker, and yeah. scored on like, you know, you'd win 15 nil, score 10 and that. Yeah, and yeah. then it was just a progression um, from the school to, to striker, yeah. um, apprentice and, and pr- uh, professional. Yeah. But I was just so single-minded. Yeah. I mean... I used to joke I'd knock my granny over to score a goal and I, and I would you know <laughs> whether it's in training or whether it was yeah. it was yeah. uh, it just lived on goals yeah. I mean I couldn't sleep in the summer all summer if I didn't get 20 league goals 
So. Well, I mean, proofs in the pudding there. I mean, the three clubs you mentioned there, Wigan, Stockport, Oldham, nearly, nearly 100 goals. And then you get your move to Portsmouth where you played the most games in your career at a, a single club yeah. and scoring goals as well. Did you feel like when you got that move to Portsmouth that that straight away you settled there? Like you said there, you, you settled... I was uh, ready, yeah. yeah. Right, I was ready because I played in the Northwest with them clubs yeah. in Oldham under Joe Royal. And it was all about survival, staying in yeah. the leagues. Portland's a bit different, Alan Ball was manager. And he said, look, we need to score goals to get us out this division. Yeah. I mean, I think for three seasons, they were the most consistent team in any league. Mm. They missed out on a... They were in the top two to the last week of each yeah. season. Missed out by a point. Missed out on goal difference. And then the third season, I was there. I yeah. think I got 28 goals. We got promoted. Yeah. Played up front with Paul Madden. Remember Madden? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I loved all that. England player, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was get, getting on a bit from Arsenal and that, but he'd hold the ball up and yeah. just give me a license to get in the box. What, was, goals. Um, what was Alan Ball like? I met Alan Ball once, World Cup winner, like mm. for the younger viewers, 1966. I met him once at a do. What a lovely man. What was he like to work for? So passionate. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was great in training, he'd still. Uh, he was crossing and shooting, and he, he, he'd cross one over, I'd knock one in. Joe Royal, dirtiest season I'd make him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for England and all that. And he's so passionate and so enthusiastic. Mm. Sometimes over the top, you know, yeah. that it would boil over a bit. Yeah. But he put a team, um, your nickname was the Gremlins, because yeah. we had every vice under the sun in that team. <laughs> I mean, he's probably a bit young to remember, but we had uh, a midfield player called Mickey Kennedy. Mm. And my God, if you said mark him, you know, um, he, he was a good player, but... Yeah. Borley, you know, Mark yeah, Glenn Hoddle, yeah. you know, when yeah, we were in the yeah, first division. Yeah, yeah. And he'd follow him to the toilet and, and everything, and you wouldn't give him a kick. Yeah. We had um, Big Noel Blake. Yeah, Noel Blake, oh yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Billy Gilbert, Vince Allaire, yeah, uh, yeah. right wing, Kevin O'Callaghan, left wing, yeah. me Matters, um, Kev Dillon. Kevin Dillon yeah. in midfield. Yeah, he yeah, pulling the strings. He said he got sent off 12 times in his career. Yeah. Would that be right? Yeah, probably all of Portsmouth as well. I'm telling you. But I'll never forgive him the promotion season. He got 14 penalties in one season. Yeah. Vince and wow. Callie used to get penalties all the yeah. time. And I, I used to take a, the odd penalty and yeah. that stopped me getting over 30 goals <laughs> with him taking the penalties. When you was at Portsmouth, you obviously met Mick Shannon that you... Yeah, Mick was coming to, become, to the end of the you know, career. A bit of a racing mentor, yeah. I suppose, you there. Did you feel like at the time, uh, along the lines of football and racing, that that was the start of... A friendship, no, was, or did that come later in? I was into racing anyway, um, on the punting front. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, going back to my Liverpool days as a kid, I was lucky enough to grow up in um, 70s when Red Rum was winning. So my right, dad took yeah. me to Grand National, yeah. had the bug. Yeah. I remember sitting down watching the old ITV7 with him on the telly yeah. and um, picking horses and he'd had a bet and mine were beating his so he barred me from watching that on the telly. <laughs> so on the punting front it was that and then yeah. I made my debut against Palace. Sellers Park, Mick was in the team that day and he was coming to the end of his career going into the race and he said, when I pack in, would you get a horse with me? So I owned an half share in a horse called Lanson, which was his first two-year-old winner. Yeah. So, and then wow. that was the bug then. Started owning around yeah. about 87, yeah. owning horses. I remember speaking to Mark, obviously Michael Owens, big horseman, and when we was with England, he constantly had the racing post, mm. to training, bang, racing post, yeah. and he'd be doing his thing. 
And I remember speaking to him, and he, he said he get he got as much as a buzz about one of his horses winning as he, as he did scoring a goal. Do you agree with that? Or uh, I, I think well, he he was owning horses, Michael. Yeah. I mean, he didn't get up in the morning and start shoveling no. horse shite. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I've done the lot, drove the lorry. Yeah. So I think it's more fulfilling for me in that sense. Yeah, training a winner. Yeah, because of all the factors of running a business and yeah. Yeah. mucking out and you know yeah, real yeah, hands on yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and beating other your horses beating yeah. other trainers now yeah. I, lo- I loved all that did you feel like did you feel like when you were doing that uh, you feel like like the lower league team going like, say you're going against one of definitely, the big hitters definitely. if you went and if your horse went and yeah. done one of them it was like going to like Anfield or Old Trafford and beating one of the big exactly yeah? exactly and uh, you know they, they have an embarrassment of riches mm, 300 yeah. 400 horses some of these yeah. big trainers you have 20 and in yeah. that 20 each season yeah. you've got to take them on and try and beat oh, yeah. them and that gave you more satisfaction when you did beat them yeah. you know you mentioned there about your debut at Portsmouth. Um, am I right in saying that there was a bit of an altercation with John Fashionew? Oh, yeah. In yeah. terms of a spell that happened, uh, two games in four days? and Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it was my home debut. We played, um, Fashionew's playing for Millwall. Yeah. And I scored on my home debut 2-1. They had a corner last minute of the game. <clears> so <throat> Kevin Dillon spoke to all my teammates. <laughs> he would be he was Mark, Mark and Fash. <laughs> So the corner came over and Fash went bang. Oh my God. He, uh, anyway, put him on the deck. He didn't get up at the counter 10 till. <laughs> <laughs> Carried off to hospital. I think he had a wow. broken jaw, nose, the lot. Yeah. And he, anyway, um, in them days, that was on Tuesday night, uh, Fash signed for Wimbledon on a Thursday. Yeah. Registration went through. Who have we got at Jura- uh, Fratton Park? I was going to say Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it felt like Jurassic Park. Nonsense. At Fratton Park on the Saturday, Wimbledon at home. Oh, wow. So for 48 hours, and we had an Andy team, the lads, <laughs> the lads were filing the studs, chalking their elbows. <laughs> He's going to get it. Yeah. And I never forget, 10 seconds past three o'clock kickoff, Mickey Kennedy, two-footed tackle fash around the neck. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> oh. Rootless. Wow. Well, fair to Fash. Yeah. He was hard, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, he just dusted himself off, got on with the game. Well, you play, both played Fratton Park, so you come off the pitch, yeah. you go down the stairs yeah. through the tunnel. Mm. Ball draw, I think it was nil nil or 1 1, something like that. And as we're coming off the pitch, Fash is in front of me, and Billy Gilbert, teammate of mine, is in front of Fash. So as we're coming off the pitch, I see Billy go down. And I thought, hey, the fascists give me a dig. So I jumped on fascists back, <laughs> give him a lift up. <laughs> 22 man brawl in the tunnel. And that's tight Park. as well. And in the tunnel, yeah, Ooh. at Fratton Park. Yeah. So as we get back uh, into the changes, there's the gaffer, Bawley, sitting on the treatment table, tweed flat cap yeah. pulled down, <laughs> his legs dangling. <laughs> you st- I can't do the voice, but you definitely started that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, I thought, oh. <laughs> I say, gaffer, it was me. I said, as we're coming off the pitch, Fash hit Billy. I'm sticking yeah. up for my teammates. I had Fash it all yeah. picked off. Yeah. Billy Gilbert said, what do you mean? I slipped on the stairs coming <laughs> off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Billy slipped on the stairs coming off the pitch. I got fined two weeks' wages. And it was in the paper the next day, Pompey Crimes. Wow. <laughs> Police involved in everything. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's really two, two big yeah. outfits going out. I mean, that yeah. tunnel there, you could yeah, yeah, do well yeah, with yeah. 22 people in that Well, uh, I've seen Fash since, like, um, yeah. and we laughed about it. But uh, That's okay. probably... I mean, how do you... Like, we sort of... 
transverse both areas, but football now, when you think about some of the tackles that go in, it's chalk and cheese, ain't it? Yeah. From it, where your day, even our day, it's I like, mean, we had cameras and, and yeah. playing, but yeah. you could get away with it a little bit more, couldn't yeah. you? And uh, yeah. just some ruthless. But, yeah. and there's lots of grudges, and then yeah. things, you know, yeah. you wait for them to come back. I mean, especially Pompey, for some reason, <laughs> we had loads of rows in Millwall and uh, Southampton as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, look, good fun as well. Yeah. Give, kept to that edge. Like even just speaking today, you can see the buzz with you just mm. speaking about Portsmouth. But so then, the transfer comes with Newcastle, and you're in a bit of a tug of war of, of, of a transfer well, to Newcastle or stay at Portsmouth. Yeah, the thing with Portsmouth, um, everything had changed. Bally got the sack. John Gregory came in. Yeah, and Jim Gregory. Do you remember the old Queen's Park yeah, Rangers yes. chairman? Yeah, but he was skint. So I, I was club captain by then. And they offered me like five pounds a week, new contract. <laughs> I yeah. was coming towards the end of my contract because they wanted to sell me, but didn't wow. want to say to the fans, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. we want them out yeah. to get some dough. So Jim Smith rang me up, Newcastle. So Jim said, we need a centre forward. Okay. Uh, how much you got to spend, Jim? He said, 350 grand. I said, I'm going to go for more than that. I've yeah. been yeah. needing goal scorer. Yeah. Two golden boots under me arm so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, and... These these won one point five million. Yeah, Portsmouth which, won one. What did one point five million? What year wow. was it? It's about fifty million credits. <laughs> <laughs> so old money. Um, so what happens is Jim said, "Okay, we put a bid in." So he put a bid in of a hundred grand. Wow! <laughs> and they said, "We want one point five million." Goes to tribunal. Yeah. Come out to tribunal. Uh, made me mad. I want to go to Newcastle. Seven hundred grand. Six okay. six hundred eighty or six hundred ninety mm. grand. Um, which, Newcastle got which right. Jim Smith yeah. gave me his phone and said you ring the chairman I'm not so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the chairman <laughs> McKeegan was it I said Mr Chairman he said yeah you know I'm Bonnie lad he was a Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> he said uh, how much you sign you for I said nearly 700 grand Mr Chairman he said you better be bloody good <laughs> in that tone of voice as well yeah so I mean I knew it was a massive club they'd just been relegated so they were yeah, in the championship yeah, yeah. Yeah. division 2 then but when I went up there, the club was in chaos. Uh, yeah. They had a group of supporters called Supporters for Change. They wanted the directors out. They were uh, The fans were burning shirts on the pitch the season before yeah. when they were relegated. Wow. Not much change, has it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should this one a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah well, there's always Man. been in some sort of turmoil. Um, was, was Gaza there at that time already gone to? No, Gaza had gone, but... Gazzy used to come up and watch us yeah. midweek and we used to have a few yeah. nights out. Uh, oh, wow. Which are legendary, really. Yeah. But Glenn Rowder there? No, Glenn wasn't. Um, no, it was, it, the club was pretty much in transition then. Was it? Kevin Dillon was there from yeah. Portsmouth. Yeah. He uh, instrumental in me going up there. Uh, I played a front with Mark McGee. Ah, well, I got to tell you old story. middle manager Mark McGee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got to tell you the story about when I spoke to Jim Smith. He said, what shirt do you want to wear? I said, it's only one shirt you wear up here, Gaffer. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, wow. Number nine. Yeah. You know, uh, Jackie Milburn, Huey Gallagher, yeah. legends, mm. and um, Malcolm McDonald. And he said, well, just one thing. I said, what's that? He said, no one wants to wear it. He said, why? He said, no striker scored 20 league goals for 25 years since Malcolm McDonald. Wow. I said, nah, I'll wear it, no problem. Yeah. So, um, first game, um, we played Leeds, and Leeds had spent eight, nine million quid on players, which again was a lot of money yeah, yeah, for a yeah, championship yeah, yeah. team. Yeah. Gordon Strachan, young David yeah, Batty, yeah. good team, that Gary McAllister, good team. Good team. And um, 
Anyway, we were two one down. I got a penalty. The Gallagher end, you know, the cop end there, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Number nine on the top. Come on then. Pissed, yeah. That's Mervyn Day, and it yeah. scored on me on my debut. Oh, and nice, then nice. the relief was gone, you know. Yeah. And the belief come, mm. and then got another three second half. Yeah. yeah. Got four uh, on my Newcastle United debut with the number nine on. In that season, I got thirty nine goals. Wow. With the that's number nine phenomenal. on, that's and third yeah. in the Golden Boots. Um, third. Yeah. Who yeah. got more than that? I don't know, but these are these <laughs> leading leading league scorer. Ah, yeah, in right. so I've got okay. one Stockport in the league. You know, you're yeah, in the Adidas yeah, Golden yeah, Boots yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. Portsmouth when we yeah. got promoted, and then Newcastle. So four on your debut, home debut. Yeah. What was the night out like after that? Oh, <laughs> oh it was lovely. You swear it? on this? I had my dad up, my uncles. Yeah. So we were staying in the Holiday Inn at the time. So anyway, didn't buy a drink that night. You know, yeah. uh, go back to the hotel and the bar's two floors up from the reception so two o'clock in the morning I'm, I'm full of people at the bar so I was dying for a week so uh, there's three lifts and two of them weren't working because it was past midnight there was only one so I'm waiting and waiting and waiting oh, busting, busting and then someone conveniently put a pot plant there so <laughs> I thought I've got to have a wee I've got to have a wee I've got to wet myself so as I gone like that the hotel manager came over six foot four ex-copper Geordie and he went Mickey man you score another four next week you can have a shit in that <laughs> <laughs> anywhere else locked up anywhere else Newcastle yeah go on <laughs> and that's the way it was you know just hand in glove um uh, with the club, yeah. the fans, yeah. everything. And still to this day, you treat us as though you're still playing yeah. when you go up yeah. Yeah, yeah, They love yeah. you, you know. Yeah. So, so then we go on again there, the, the, the passion that you speak about Newcastle, then the move now to Coventry. Was that... Well, I broke my heart really leaving yeah. Newcastle. Was, I mean, that was it? Was it I had a, no choice. Uh, what was the reason? Kevin Keegan came yeah. as manager and I was injured. He never really seen the best of me and just when I was getting fully fit... Yeah. Um... I was like playing in League Cup games, scoring goals, yeah. next game dropped, getting in through an injury, I yeah. scored a winning goal in that game, next game dropped, and he did it three or four times, and I thought he's taking the mick, you know, so literally, and uh, so I went to Coventry, yeah. I had no choice, I was 31 by then, something like that. So. But you, I mean, you hit the ground running, it says you got 17 goals in 26 games. And then the trip to Highbury. Well, every time I've seen that ball, I've seen Keegan's face on it, I thought, get in there! Because, <laughs> he, he, you know, I wanted to prove him wrong. wrong. Uh, got back to the big league again, this new Premier League. Yeah. Uh, and I, I still, I think I still got um, some Premier League records from my debut. I scored yeah. my first six Premier League games. Mm. Aguero got to five and Costa got to yeah. five. Um, and then quickest player to ten Premier League goals wow. from his debut. Yeah. And again, same two players. Aguero got to nine and Costa got to nine. That's some company, isn't it? See if you can get them on Goals the podcast next yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> They're a bit expensive, Mick. <laughs> I mean, we've got, we've got to talk about the, 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 the trip to Highbury. Because um, mm. back then it was a special place to go. You yeah. know, it was the Arsenal. It was, you know, as you said, the, the, um, the stadium, the North Bank was going up there and, and, and bits and bobs. And you get a hat-trick. That's, I mean, that, and that, that sticks in my mind. Yeah. Okay. yeah. When, when we, we booked you on that... You know, like all players, you have a bit. Like, I remember the hat trick. Well, we, no strikers um, in the league had scored a hat trick at Highbury for 75 years prior to that. Mm. And then I got it, and no one did it since because they knocked the ground down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. 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 but um, 
Again, a funny story going into that. Two weeks prior to the kickoff, big kickoff, it was the new Carling Premier League. Yeah, yeah. So we knew we got Arsenal. Uh, Sky were involved, <laughs> yeah. home of the goal celebration. So I took the lads on a bonding session <laughs> <laughs> to some country club outside of Coventry. Anyway, this 80s, 80s disco or something. Um, this song come on called The Funky Chicken. So we were all that drunk on the night. We said, whoever scores a, a hybrid mm. first game, we'll do The Funky Chicken. So, <laughs> so we're playing up front with Peter Unlove and Roy Wegley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And little Nuddy, first 20 minutes, goes through. Ad- Tony Adams brings him down the clock end and we got a penalty. Yeah. So scored the penalty. So starts doing the old funky chicken <laughs> each goal. I remember so it, yeah. They must have thought it got I think it got voted the worst goal celebration <laughs> that season. I didn't give a monkey though. Second half, um, Roy went down the right wing. I was sort of tracking him and he back heeled it, edge edge of the box. And a great finish. Mm. Side footed. Yeah. But le- left foot but guided it right into the yeah, top right-hand yeah. corner, Lovely you know. Yeah. Um, and then the next one, I just cut in inside and just hit it as hard as I couldn't, see him got onto it and went in the top yeah. corner again. But I remember Wrighty coming up and said, great finishes and that. I, I said, if you've got a couple of hours, I'll talk you all through my goals. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't love that, right. like, No, I loved it. He loved it. <laughs> to be fair, Wrighty, I remember asking me for um, advice on a new contract at Palace. You know, yeah. the PFA wow. dues and stuff like yeah. that, because yeah. obviously a bit older than him, and uh, he didn't do too bad, did he? There, there, was a, there was a big hype around Wrighty at that time, wasn't there, as yeah. well? So yeah. you come in and, no, he's a top player. and, and he's banging a top player. an hat And um, I remember afterwards, you had a little Irish kid, John Sheridan. Yeah. He's only 18 in yeah. Dublin. He was on the bench. And Wrighty had a hit single out that day called Do the Right Thing. Yeah. So um, Shez wrote on, Quinny did the right thing and put it under their <laughs> dressing room door right after the game. <laughs> And in fact, George Graham went ballistic. <laughs> I think he dragged Merce off at half time as well. Did he? He, he, he thought Merce had been out the night before. <laughs> so, so uh, that, that <laughs> I year, telling me. that year, you went to Coventry. Yeah. You had a bet on yourself to score 30 goals Yeah, that season. Yeah. I well, mean, that just shows the confidence that you've got in yourself as a. Yeah, but I mean, I'd flirted with the big league once before yeah. with Pompey, but we got relegated yeah. the same. The chairman sold all the players, so we got relegated the same season, you know, after we got promoted. What was the, the, the big difference there when the, the Premier League was just started out compared to the old first division? Was there, obviously, there was, um, we remember there was a big hype around it, but playing in it, did it feel like, wow, this is. This yeah, is the big, start of something big. Really, That's what yeah. it felt like. Um, at the time, I think we had 75% British players, yeah, 25% foreign players. But that would have included Irish and Scottish or not? No, no. British, yeah. Yeah, so you put the spin on it now, it's yeah. completely the other way. Mm. 75% foreign players, yeah. 25% British players. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the start of something big and then the money sort of, late 90s was ploughed in there. Yeah. So, yeah. And the, the lads... the Pros were getting the benefit of it then. Yeah. Sadly, I just missed out. <laughs> Man, Man United dominated the Premier League early years and and, and throughout. Uh, would, it, would it be fair to say Gary Pallister would think you're a bit of a wind up? Well, it, funny enough, the driver on the way down said he, he, he used to have a, a row with all the time. I said Gary Pallister for some reason and not my fault. Yeah. So every time we come out on the pitch, this goes back to Newcastle because yeah. he was at Middlesbrough. Wow. Right. So the derbies then. So yeah. you come on the pitch. I mean, you're going to behave yourself today or what? Shut up, you little away. So, next minute, uh, uh, I said, just get on with the game and just let's, you know. 
Yeah. Next minute, wash, yellow card, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then I thought, oh, well, okay, the gloves are off. I'll have to yeah. give him some stick, give him an elbow. And, all. Yeah. and it just carried on. And every time we come out on the pitch, you're going to get get on with the game today. For some reason, it didn't like me very much. And that went to uh, Manchester United when I was at Coventry yeah. in the Premier League. Uh, I got sent off once against um, Manchester United. But not with Gary um, Schmeichel. Uh, little Peter Unlove again got brought down and yeah. uh, he come goose-stepping out to uh, Schmeichel and I get back in the goal and he went down holding his um, face really? uh, and I was, a, would you believe, the first player to get a red card rescinded on the Monday. Really? Wow. I said, but it doesn't take away the embarrassment yeah, yeah. of uh, 28,000 United uh, fans mm. when you trudge your nose thinking, yeah. oh, you've had scouts. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, so for some reason I don't know why, but it, what I never rekindled the fire. No. It just didn't like me. Was it? Was there? Was there anyone that that wound you up at all that you would look forward to? Well, or not, not, I mean, you said they're about Pally, but was there anyone that you look forward to playing against, or you think, or or vice, or the opposite opposite side? Sorry, coming up against someone going, oh, he's going to give me a bit of stick today. It's gonna, it's, not it's, really. No, I wasn't in fear of anyone. Or, or we had hard games, and most of them, but. The hardest mentally yeah. played against was the old Liverpool team yeah. playing for wow. My God, cool. uh, Alan Anson, Lawrenson. Yeah, I mean, before I thought about closing them down, they were yeah. three passes ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you could never get near no. them. Honestly, yeah. the the football and brains they had, yeah, they were brilliant. And so I had to well, try and mix it up, you know, because yeah. you couldn't get near them by upsetting them or was that the best, on the was feet that, was that set the pieces team, and yeah. stuff. Was that the best yeah, team you played against? Yeah, that yeah. was like. They, you talked to a lot of people of that era. They Bansy, say that team was um, just unreal. Who else were playing at, at the time? Um, Beardsley. Mm. Some team. Yeah, some team. Yeah, yeah. Frightening. Well, you retire in February '96 after a spell in Greece. Uh, given your love for race racing, you met uh, met Mick Shannon again. Yeah. Um, did you? Did it help? He mentored me. Did it? Did it help with the transition? finishing football knowing that you was going to go into or did you not know that you was going to go into no training? it was something I was planning for a couple of years because obviously Mick went into the training yeah. I was owning horses I had syndicates and all that yeah. so and I I put everything into the into the football mm. I'd give everything not didn't leave anything no. out and it was just something I was looking forward to then but didn't really have any aspirations to be a manager although I did mm. when I came back from Greece went for the Burnley job um Player manager there didn't get it, so mm. I thought, well, I'll move on because you needed to get that four, five years experience under your belt before yeah. the jockey club give you a license, right? And prove to them you can run a business, so on and so on. So I had to make a quick decision, and that was it, really, to, yeah. to get involved straight away. Yeah. And Mick took me under his wing and uh, mentored me. Why do you think there's such an overlap with with footballers and racing? I know it was a more of a culture thing. Back yeah. obviously when you was playing, but we see it now. Likes of uh, Michael Owen's got a stable. Glenn Johnson is doing really well. Uh, Griezmann, I think, is, is is growing a yard as well. So, why do you think it is footballers and horse racing goes hand in hand? The culture where in the dressing room, as you know, you had the some in them days, you had the drinkers, mm, yeah, you had the lads who played golf, <clears throat> the racing lads who go racing together, mm-hmm. and, and it was just to me, it was meeting different people on the social circle you know it was getting away mm. from the football for an entertaining day out yeah. excitement of you know thoroughbreds yeah. Yeah. sprinting 40 miles an hour the excitement of winning a few quid you know having a great day social day coming away with a few quid from the racing um, mm. that was all about to me it was an out away from the football from the norm yeah uh, what 
will you and won't you miss about training horses? Um, Not mucking up shit, I suppose. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is like Groundhog Day every day because you yeah. go in, feed the horses five o'clock in the morning, then you'd muck them out, then you'd did exercise. Then you'd have three, four hours in the afternoon if you weren't racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're in evening stables, you're grooming them, so on and so on. You know, for 25 years mm. doing that, yeah. like you'd institutionalised in, yeah. in a bit. I'll miss the interaction with the horses, beautiful animals. Oh, yeah. um, they are, and... Uh, They're calming, isn't get they? To know, yeah, random. and they get to, you get to know every little vice that they have and, and they're, they're like your kids, yeah. you know, some, some of them naughty, some of them are great, you know what I mean? And uh, and managing them and you know where you've got them mm. and to pick that race and for it to fall into place and win, it, it, yeah, I'll miss all that. Yeah, yeah. But I won't miss getting up five o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I've stepped away from it. I used to say I won't get back in it. I yeah. don't know. I mean, um, the new racing league starting, it started last year and it's kicking in again six Thursdays in August yeah. onwards. I'm, I've been captain of the North team and that's so nice to get back in, bit of interaction and yeah. jockeys and is that, is that the plan for the future? You, 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 I mean, a 25 I years think is a long time. You, you come out yeah. and you thinking, no, I want to get back in. It's, again, I give everything to the football and I'm, I'm not like one of them boxers that, oh yeah, I've got to play football all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never kicked the ball since I retired because I knew I'd put everything into that yeah. and then with the race and I put everything into that. I'm thinking, you know, should I go back or, or what? Or, I, I don't know. All of a sudden, for the first time in my life, because you always had a game to look forward to with yeah. the football, a race to look forward with mm. the uh, horses, yeah, you know, yeah. planning ahead, planning ahead, and it's all mapped out. And all of a sudden, there's nothing mapped out for me at the moment. Yeah. Starts to get in in the media again and stuff yeah. like that, and uh, do a bit of after dinner speaking, and 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 that that's nice going around the country, um, yeah. sharing the stories, yeah. which sharing with you yeah. today. I thought I've been fascinated. Is there is there some similarities in football and racing? So when you're a footballer. And we've all been there. You're in that purple patch as a striker. You're scoring goals, and you know you're going to go into games and score. Do you get that in racing as well? In terms of the horses are there, yeah, they're at the top, and you're thinking you're going to go into most races going. We've got a great chance today. A great chance. Yeah, yeah. It's it happens very rarely yeah. over the year. You know, you'll have probably four or five races where you know that's exactly the race for that horse, mm. the ground, the draw, yeah. the jockey, the trip. But then it's the only sport where it's out of your hands because you can do something in football. Yeah. You can make a goal, score a goal, you know, save a goal. But in racing, it's out of your hands once the jockey gets on. Yeah. It's down to human error then. Yeah. So, but when it all pieces together, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. But, but like I say, four or five times a year, that would happen where yeah. everything fell into place. Right. You have a few good on. I, mean, I, mean, I, I remember my horse. What was his name? Poppenham. It was like... my Popper, because it was my granddad who got me into horse racing. Yeah. And so... I called it Poppin' and I didn't want to leave my nan out, so yeah. I put Poppin' anyway. <laughs> right. So anyway, I loved it, but he, he was the most, Simon said he was the most relaxed horse ever. Like, yeah. I went to see him before the race, and you know, like, they, sometimes they can get a bit, the horses can get a bit um, unsettled in the, in, the, in the back of the van or whatever it is, yeah. and then they get there and they'll, he would just go to sleep. He was just like, he was the Eden Hazard of horses. <laughs> I go and see him, I go and see him before a race, we're like, oh, an hour before a, yeah. Kick off yeah. or whatever, it'd be a kip on the black. I'm like, is he is he all right? I'm going to something. Is he all the right? Best or what? To our job because yeah. they conserved that energy yeah. for the race. He was so yeah. where you know you get a hyper horse mm. 
um, you know, they, they might sweat uh, before yeah. the race and the, the, the energy, they're losing energy. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's temperament like that. Uh, was it's talented. fantastic in a racehorse. Yeah. But like on a day-to-day basis, you, you know, it's like Russian roulette when you're yeah. working with them. Yeah. Uh, being bitten, I've, I've had, you know, numerous horses stand on your toe. Bitten? Horses bite, do they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the hyper, I mean, especially when... You're um, horses' teeth. <laughs> yeah, no, really, I mean, it's, it's not... <laughs> It's not like it's not like Jaws the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying when you, you know, some of them irritated when you're brushing them, they have a little pop. Yeah. And, and, and you, I tell you what, you don't, know you don't know it's coming. No, it's sharp, oh. it's sharp, the hyper. The, 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 oh. um, I mean, you're feeding them 15 pounds in weight yeah. of food a day. Wow, you know, for the condition yeah. and uh, that athletes, and of yeah. course, you come into their space. Some of yeah. them get out. You know, uh, yeah. don't want you in. Presents a kick, yeah. uh, you know. Mm. It's just their way. They're, like I say, every horse is, and you got a, a nice horse like yeah. that. They're like pets, uh, yeah. but they're not all like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Right, what really happened? So we're going to go back to a moment in your career. We want to know more about it. Uh, we could, we've touched on it a little bit beforehand, but it's the move from Newcastle to Coventry. You said there it broke your heart. When did you find out that the deal was on the table to, to go? About the fourth time I went into Kevin Keegan's office like that on the door, I said, Kevin. I said, that's four times you dropped me. I've been in the team four times, yeah. scored the winning goals four times. I don't really come and go on. He said, you're going. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you're going. Just been on the phone to Bobby Gould, Coventry manager. Yeah. And within an hour, I was down the M1 to Coventry. Never had time to say goodbye to the fans. Never had time to say goodbye to my teammates. And I've been there three and a quarter years and loved it up there. Did that leave a bit of taste? It did, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah. uh, it fired me up, really, to yeah. prove him... Kevin yeah. Long and I know Kevin seen him afterwards knew him before through yeah. Mick Shannon Alan Ball mm. yeah. got on well with him but it's different when he becomes your boss mm. he was my idol as a kid yeah, yeah. you know growing up in Liverpool in the 70s yeah. so was there a reason around it did they want you out to get money in or did they earmark someone else to come in and take your place uh, was- a, bit of, a bit of that he, he'd come in he struggled to start with we just about stayed up yeah. previous season and then he wanted to bring in his own players and you know I had a few words to them about something and he obviously didn't take, like, it's, no, I didn't yeah. argue with them, but yeah. we were speaking about the team and where it was going and stuff like that. And with Kevin's first job, he didn't like confrontation, not mm. aggressive confrontation, yeah. just talking. Conversation. Yeah, he wanted to do everything, you know, make mm. all the decisions, didn't really get, and yet he brought experienced players into the squad eventually who he bounced off and who he yeah, talked yeah, to. Yeah. And look, he went on to build one of the best teams in the Premier League that never won anything really yeah. the entertainers you know yeah. um, they were a fantastic team and I really enjoyed watching it but to me the way I thought he could have handled it a bit better the move yeah. you know and in the end I thought well it's, it's to this new Premier League you know and it's it's a ticket to the big league again yeah. and, and uh, I was going to take it and going back to St James Park with Coventry it must have been nice to say a goodbye there to the fans you must have got a good reception yeah I always do yeah I mean when the first one obviously uh, I was working for that sky at the time so he was singing who all the pies we were in a, <laughs> we were in the porter cabin because you're building yeah. the, the big main stand yeah. you've got to come out the porter cabin to go to the toilet yeah. through the fans so they were all, all the pies laughing and joking and they started walking through they go who all the pies <laughs> all went quiet <laughs> I went to the toilet and then I went to the uh, the thing and I bought 25 pies on a tray, brought them back <laughs> and handed them out. <laughs> but we had a laugh and I always do, yeah. And it, 
like I say, it's more now when I go back. Yeah. I can't set foot off the train onto the platform and someone's asking for a selfie or an yeah, autograph. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. Yeah. They're so That's passionate amazing. out there, isn't they? But over 30 yeah. years ago, you know, yeah. uh, when I played for them, but yet they, they never forget you. I think, so. I, I think, I think current players, you don't realise the effect you have when you're playing and doing it and then you go back to a club that you've done well at and then you get all the, you know, people, yeah. it's nice, isn't it? But I don't yeah, think players, current the current players, you don't take it in while you're playing. That, like Mickey said, thirty years after he's left Newcastle, mm. they still love him. Yeah. He goes back there, and it's it's it's. Imp- I think for younger players playing now, they should really recognise yeah. that what they're doing now is affecting affecting the fans. Yeah. If you do a job at a club, they'll love you forever. Won't yeah. They? yeah, yeah. So, what's your relationship now like with Kev Keane? Like you said, you see him out I, and about. I've seen him fine. a couple. I don't see him all the time, but I've met him since we left him. Mm, all yeah. fine, good. Mm-hmm. Um, good, good. Kevin's on the after dinner circuit as well. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll bump into him some, somewhere along the line. Okay. But you don't realise at the time when he becomes your boss. Yeah. A lot of people, even in normal jobs, some mm. don't see yeah. eye to eye with their boss. But yeah, you've got to yeah. get on with it. You've got to work yeah. through it. And in football, when new managers come in, they wanted to bring their own players in. Yeah. And he brought some cracking players in. I think Gavin Peacock came and uh, mm. Ned Kelly, David Kelly. Yeah. At times I was playing with them. You know, three up front. Lee Clark was in midfield. Yeah. Clark, he's good player, top player. Yeah. yeah, but played against him. Ozzy was manager before Kevin, and I will say for Ozzy, when he come in, he introduced the young lads. So you know, the United, the class of yeah. right. yeah. yeah. He brought in the likes of Lee Clark, Steve Howie, Robbie yeah. Elliott, um, yeah. Steve Watson, yeah. yeah, into that team, and they were ready to play. But they were a little bit naive, you know, yeah. and they were losing games. And he was only there three months, Ozzy, mm. and he got the sack, and then they panicked, and then they brought Kevin in after yeah. that. So, yeah. uh, but again, I learned a lot of Ozzy, you know, the training side of it, yeah. passing the move, and the one touch football. He was the best player in the five sides, Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was brilliant. And, and uh, Tony Galvin was his assistant. So, played under a lot of decent mm. coaches and managers, and probably learned something off everyone. Yeah. Well, look, let's stay on Newcastle. Let's do some pre- uh, current Premier League chat. Newcastle didn't get the result yesterday against Chelsea. VAR and, and bits Robbed. of... Yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was terrible. Robbed. There's a lot of spotlight you know, on the club at the moment in mm. terms of Newcastle with the takeover, the yeah. new manager, signings that have come in. You've got to say that Eddie Howe and the players, where he's affected them at the start, but at the moment, they're going well, huh? Obviously, with the new consortium coming in, which was a breath of fresh air yeah. for the fans, because... Mm. For 14 years, the club had stagnated. There was no ambition at the club under the previous, um, actually under the previous ownership. All he wanted to do was stay in the Premier League, get the dough, not interested in cup competitions, no ambition. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You can't go on like that. And, you know, I went up there and did a game, a few executive boxes, and it's like a cloud since Ashley went into the club. Results weren't going their way, but, you know, Eddie had come and he's experienced. But you could see the smile back on mm, the fans' faces, yeah. actually looking forward to going to a game, yeah, yeah. looking forward to the future, to say, you know, the only yeah, thing yeah, else, yeah, if you yeah. want to win something in the next five years, which yeah. is unheard of yeah. for the last 14. So, yeah. it's like a breath of fresh air, the club's vibrant again, and the results have shown that, mm. and you know, there's again, there's a bit of the January window, and mm-hmm. you spend the money, and oh, you know, they're just yeah. spending it for the sake of it. But yeah. signings have worked out. Well. We've been singing Eddie Howe's praises on this podcast. Yeah. We asked the question when he came in, and there was like, again, there was a lot of people in football going, Eddie Howe, mm. like, and I was like, no, like, I don't know Eddie personally, but I've watched his career and that. I think he's different class. The way his Bournemouth team played. And for people to criticise him for Bournemouth getting relegated, he went, well, he took Bournemouth down, but by the way, he took them from League Two to the Premier League. Yeah. 
kept them up, played some outstanding football. I think he fell down a little bit. When he got a bit of money to spend at Bournemouth, since we talked about this, he didn't get the signings quite right, hence the reason they went down. So when he went to Newcastle, I thought it was a brilliant appointment. He yeah. knows the Premier League. He's a coach. Like He gets the best mm. out of players, doesn't he? he like, you see yeah. him, and I think he's been outstanding. Like, I shouted it when they, he took the job. There's nowhere to go down now. Yeah. He's, I think Dan Byrne's been unbelievable. Mm. What a signing yeah. that is. And he's a Geordie yeah. as well. <clears throat> he, so he's, he, he's straight away, he's got that connection with the fans, which has been missing. Going up to do the broadcast over the last few years at Newcastle, Coming from Danny, you don't realise how disliked Mike Ashley and his his era was. Like yeah. they, the fans weren't buying; they were refusing to buy their pints in the stadium, and mm. they, was, they wouldn't buy nothing from. It's, well, it's unbelievable. I mean, when you think he's, he tried to change the name of the ground to the, yeah. to the yeah, you know, I mean, taking Shearer's statue down like that's yeah. just a, a, a PR nightmare, isn't it? Very disrespectful. I mean, the one thing. Because they haven't won anything. Yeah. They latch onto is the history yeah. and the fantastic players they've had there. Yeah. Like Alan, you know, and, and yeah. move a statue and they changed the name of the bar as well. Yeah. And mad. But it, look, he had to go and he, yeah. he got his money, so he's happy and, and the fans have got their club back. Well, yeah. you say the fans and it's exciting time for fans to be mm. to be at Newcastle now. How far can Eddie take this I say team? How far, I mean, we, we, they're talking ambitions for Premier League. Is that something that really can be achievable? Yeah. Joe mentioned about Eddie. This is my only doubt, is that his team with um, Bournemouth, all he had to do was what Ashley wanted yeah, yeah, yeah. to do with Newcastle, yeah, yeah, keep yeah. them in. But we know Eddie's ambitious, and it's an experience for him to build a mm. team, to go out and win things now, yeah. and get into Europa League spot or yeah. Champions League spot in the next two or three years. So... Mm-hmm. I've no doubt in my mind, you know, and what I've seen and how he's revitalised mm. players who I thought were no best in championship players, who are on that verge of championship. I agree, yeah. Like Shelby and Ryan Fraser yeah. and yeah. Um, who else? Matt Ritchie. And, yeah. And, yeah. and Joel Linton. Yeah, yeah. Joe 40 yeah. million quid. I scored more goals than being retired 30 years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, mm. you know, under Joe, under Eddie, he's... Joe Linton's like one of the best Premier League midfielders yeah. Yeah. in current form. Yeah. Unbelievable. I know. How he's Same done that. And that. So that gives me more to go on for the future yeah. to think he can build a team and they're only going to get better players yeah. because they've got the dough to, to, to buy something. I, I, agree, I agree. I just think, you know, for the one thing from the history and the start of football, the team with the most money or with the money buys the best players mm. and they win trophies. And, and, it's right the way through from the great Liverpool side they, they, they bought the best players didn't they Manchester United they bought the best players but our Chelsea team we bought the best players you win things and I think Newcastle now can compete financially it's, the only question would be was will Eddie be able because it, it's not going to be like that they're not going to stay up from relegation then go Europa League yeah. then go Champions League then win they'll yeah. be some they'll be, and you know in this game you can have six bad weeks and you're out the mm. door mm. and at every ma- now if, if Eddie keeps Newcastle up all them names that they got linked with in the summer you um, just gone past your Contes your um, Allegri's yeah. I don't know who else uh, Enrique all these managers big names are out of jobs now all of a sudden they're going well I quite fancy that now because it's black camp uh, but do you remember Joe when Stevie Bruce left yeah and some of the managers that were being linked and some of them didn't fancy it exactly because yeah. the yeah, position yes. they were in and fair yeah. play to Eddie he's yeah. wasted for a big club yeah. to come in because he's had other job offers yeah and he'd won one game 
Yeah. Had they won a game when he took over? I think it was. Mm. He, they was most they people had any game. Off. Most pe- yeah. most people had written him off. Mm. He, it was in December, wasn't it? And he 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 got a tune out of the players even before he got the new players in, and now they've gone up another level. Oh, Premier League manager of the month. Yeah. Uh, in the last month. Uh, well, they're certainly doing well. Uh, let's go to the top end of the table, top four mm. race. West Ham, Arsenal, Man United, all picking up three points. Yeah. How do you see that one shaping Ooh, out? Top Sids. four. I mean, this is the Arsenal favourite, aren't they? I mean, with the games in hand. Uh, uh, although they played Liverpool, don't they coming up? So not going to win that, no. are they? <laughs> no, I don't know about <laughs> <laughs> But they've got to be favourites. It's in their hands now. They've got the yeah. game in hand. The fourth. Beat Leicester. A lot of credit's got to go to Arteta at oh, the moment. He's massively. done. He's done really well. A few people scratching their head about him earlier yeah, this yeah, season, yeah. weren't they? Um, when he had injuries and mm. he lost, he went on a run of uh, defeats. But I think he's getting there now. And I like the policy of the younger players. Yeah. I know the uh, my team's Liverpool. And I remember ten, when Brendan was there. Mm. Uh, was that they couldn't really buy top class no, players? Didn't have the budget no. to buy top class yeah. players. Yeah. So they had to bring in a few younger players and you know wheel and deal in the market and that. Uh, and I think that's where Arsenal are at the moment. So yeah. if they can yeah. stay in that Champions League, yeah. give them you know oh, a massive. base to get m- money. That I don't think their business model would have been. They didn't think they could get Champions League football this year. This is an. This is. A, I think they got to December. And they thought this is going better than mm. we thought, mm. so and probably speed up the process of a couple of years. If they get Champions League football, they'll have a little bit more money to spend, and they'll yeah. go again. I think he's done a great job, Arteta. And uh, Harry still looks like a, a movie star. <laughs> he's unbelievable! He looks unreal. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there with the missus, and yesterday, and I'm going. I'm, we're looking at it for a good couple of minutes with debating. Is that? Is that? It looks too. He can't die because it looks too perfect. He looks like. Looks unreal. He's looking good, eh? Yeah, he's looking he's good. Well, I just want to touch on Liverpool very, very quickly. Massive Liverpool fan. They got a chance. I think they have. They got I a real chance. Is, I think this is going to turn out to be a grueling season for both City mm. and Liverpool. Liverpool won the League Cup, still in you know FA Cup, yeah. Champions Liverpool? League. Yeah. Oh. Uh, whether I mean, no one's ever done it, have they? So, well, whether like, but what I'm saying, grueling, and yeah, they've got to grind out results. And yeah. 20 minutes against Brighton, yeah, they were outplayed, yeah, and yeah. then they got the class, got that goal, Diaz, yeah. and that. I think they're going to push City all the way. Whether they do it, I still don't know whether it might run out of gas, but mm. they're going to push them all the way, all the way, right to the mm. wire. Yeah. And the best compliment is Pep is saying he does my head in Klopp and Liverpool because yeah, yeah, they're like yeah. hovering all the yeah. time, uh, and. I judge players and football teams on if I was a punter and I'd go to mm. pay to mm. watch and under Pep Guardiola's teams under Klopp's teams I'd go and pay yeah. gladly yeah. to watch yeah. them teams play you know, I agree Mick on the teams I agree Sid I, I think it's two outstanding teams mm. I, I can't see either of them winning all of it but they're going to push each other uh, the two Champions League winners are going to come from Liverpool Man City I've, I've done all the champ- we've done all the Champions Leagues at BT and they're the two best teams by a mile Liverpool, Man City Chelsea just underneath them do you reckon they've got a chance of falling into fourth place Uh, uh, there's a lot going there's a lot surrounding the club at the moment I think Tuchel's doing an amazing job but it's got to be affecting the players in some capacity keep winning though don't they keep winning games and that's down to Thomas Tuchel Mick honestly I've I've been over there I'm going in there um, tomorrow to interview someone for the game um, and every time I go down there, when you walk into a football club, we've, we've all played, you know when a manager's 
got yeah. it. Mm. Like, like yeah, I walk into some football clubs, and I'm like, oh, this don't feel good mm. or something. But he just like he's brilliant with me. He comes out, he'll have a chat, you know. And he's just open. I thought he's handled this whole process fantastically. But it's unsettling for the players, of course. But I, I don't think they'll fall off it. I think they'll finish third. But it's going to be difficult for the Champions League now with all of the distractions. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I think they're just a little bit short. They're a great side. Yeah. Great side. Yeah. Like I said, champions of Europe. But they're just a little bit short of Liverpool and Man City in terms. Because they're what Pep and Jurgen have done is unbelievable okay time for the Coral Super Series game Uh, I'm going to ask you both uh, questions on the Tottenham v West Ham game uh, as well as some Cheltenham races uh, questions Joe it was 9-0 last pod you're 11-10 now winning alright so you've got your nose in front yep are you going to keep the uh, the whip going alright so steady away first of all Tottenham West Ham Joe first who will win the match Oh, this is a tough one because I can't back Tottenham, but <laughs> I can't. But I want to win. Do you know what I mean? I know West Ham got so many. I'm gonna go draw. draw. I'm gonna go draw. I'm going Spurs. I thought he played well against uh, United at Old Trafford. Yeah, Ronaldo was the difference. Okay, and, uh, Spurs for me. First goal scorer, Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Yeah, it's a banker, isn't it? How many corners will there be? You actually got this right last Shut week. Shut up. Can you believe it? How did many he? how many corners will there be? What did I say last week? You said eight. Let's go eight. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, going six. Bit feisty, this one. How yeah. many cards? Oh. How many cards will there be in the game? Five. I'm going three. Okay, right on to Cheltenham. Uh what are the chances of an English trainer winning the triumph hurdle? Joe's got more chance of winning the Because <laughs> <laughs> I think the first four favourites are all trained in Ireland. Right. And I cannot see any English really? horse. Or Scottish horse or whatever. Get yeah. past them um, them four yeah. ahead the betting in the trifle. So no chance. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's massive. Can Honeysuckle win the champion hurdle by more than she won the Irish champion hurdle? Six and a half lengths. Yeah, the Irish champion hurdle is a bit weaker race than, than the champion, yeah. uh, champion hurdle. She's some horse. I mean, Rachel Blackmore, she was in Sportsman of the Year last year. Yes. Blackmore. yes. Yeah. She gets on with a filly. She's ran 14 times, won 14 races. Yeah. She won the champion hurdle last year. No fans there. This year, if she wins the champion hurdle, which I think she will, uh, blow the roof off I don't think it'll be by over six and a half lengths I think it'll be under and lastly the big one who will win the gold cup well I know Joe's been studying this haven't you Joe <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like I like a couple in it so it's a very open gold cup this year usually you have a champion like in the champion hurdle one or yeah. but uh, I like it's a Dan Skelton horse called Pritkarat Pritkarat is that how you pronounce okay. it I ain't got a scoop something like that uh, and you know cracking each way price the horse has won twice at Cheltenham loves the track and a bit more rain I think he'll run an absolute cracker and he saved it for the race he could have gone other oh, races really? yeah, but he okay. saved it for the goal okay um, I'm going to go with a plutard which Ooh. in French means a bit late as we well documented on this pod my history my Derek Trotter level of French so I'm going to back I'm going to back the French the French horse there I don't even know probably not Rachel French. Blackmore rides that Joe as well um, for an Irish trainer Henry de Bromhead that was being Antipo's favourite for most of the year right so it got turned over by Galvin yeah ahead in a photo finish right but prior to that won a Haydock and was 
outstanding. And I was going, I was tempted to have a bet on it then, early right. in the season, to win the Gold Cup. So if that comes back to its form, got a great yeah. chance. Whenever, sorry, whenever I go Cheltenham, I, I, I like me horse racing, but I don't study form. But I love me racing, and I was just used to back Ruby Walsh. Yeah. Willie yeah. Mullins is a trainer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he, but what's what's he doing now, Ruby? Ruby's doing TV. He's retired uh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll never forgive him because uh, <laughs> he cost me well seven grand. Really? Yeah. Um, do you remember the meeting when Willie Mullins uh, uh, he had a superb first day? Yeah. And it, everyone had had roll ups and accumulators yeah. and yeah. doubles, trebles, all going on. Annie Power. Annie Power. Yeah. What and, year was this? Oh. It's, 2016 yeah. was it? Oh, yeah, we were at Stoke. We were at Stoke. Yeah, Charlie had made it big. That, if Annie Power would have won, it would have cost the bookmakers over 50 mm-hmm. million quid. Because right. we'd all had the same bet, all doubles yeah. and trebles. Coming down the hill, last. 20 lengths clear, like that, on the bridle. Coming to the last, bump fell. No. Well, I was on the phone. Coming down to the last, all my mate, yeah, he's not too easy. <laughs> like, like, the, like the Del Boy cigar up like that. Yeah, and then the fella. Gee, I'll never forgive Ruby Is that for that. Sorry, I remember this, when I had my horse, my horse we, had, we had this trainer come, this, I can't even remember his name. I think my horse got an each way, we're happy, but with this fella who's in, and we fed him champagne, him, all my mates were on him, and he's like, the last race, lads, I've got one for the last, I'm not going to tell you yet. And we're like, oh, the lads are buzzing. The lads are going to the cash point. They're getting all their readies out. This geezer can't miss. He's going, he's going, this horse doesn't even need a jockey. Just point it out the line. It's one. All, the, all my mates have gone bang. A race has gone off and you're obviously at, you know, last race of the day. Everyone's had a few. We're watching it. This horse, I'll tell you, it was, it might, I don't even think it had four legs, the way it was racing. <laughs> the, and he's like, and as the realisation, he's got no chance of coming a bit. Lads are He's off. This geezer. I didn't know his name. <laughs> Dumb me, man. Is that too champagne, though? Yeah. He's had he, two he had a good and fed. He had a great one. Gone he was. Well, yeah. there you go. That, was my, last, that was my last chance. That was my last time to race. Tips from the experts. Yeah. Uh, remember, at <laughs> remember, you can uh, play along at home. Just head over to coral.co.uk. Uh, answer questions correctly to win cash prizes, but please gamble responsibly. Uh, Mickey, it's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. Um, Enjoy Cheltenham this week. Yeah, hopefully going to come out to the other side with a few quid. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) Well, it has been a Cheltenham special. Uh, Remember, you can find us on the Joe YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast from. Before we go, a quick mention for Coral's latest episode of Against the Odds that features the famous racehorse Desert Orchid. Uh, Telling the inside story of how he defied the odds to become one of the greatest and most popular jump racehorses in history. You can catch that on the ITV hub now. you have been listening to the All to Pay For podcast brought to you by Joe and Coral. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. <laughs>